0: If you give people too many choices, then they choose nothing. You know, it's like when you go to a Chinese restaurant
1: versus
0: (laughs) a fancy restaurant. You go to a Chinese restaurant, and you have this, like, 10-page menu with, like, 50 things on each page. And you sit there, you're like, man, I don't even know what I want to order, you know? And you're, like, flipping through the page, and it takes, like, 30 minutes to figure it out. Whereas if you go to like a fancy, nice restaurant, they'll give you like a one-page thing with like seven items. Yeah. And within like you know two seconds, you can figure out what you want. The same works for your website.
1: This is Chris Reynolds and welcome to the Entrepreneur House podcast. The Entrepreneur House is a business accelerator for six and seven-figure entrepreneurs creating events and retreats all over the world. Picture yourself spending four weeks with other high-level entrepreneurs in the northern mountains of Thailand this coming October and November 2017. It will be full of massive masterminds. masterminds, workshops, advisors, like-minded entrepreneurs, and of course, some fun adventure. If you're ready to take your business to the next level with other successful entrepreneurs, be sure to apply at TheEntrepreneurHouse.com. On today's episode, we have the founder of Zeta Labs, Quinn Zeta, on the show. Zeta Labs helps entrepreneurs sell more digital products and services using data-driven design and conversion tactics. Quinn has a brilliant mind about user experience and user interface, and today she will share some of her best tips and tactics for entrepreneurs and their websites. What I'm really excited to share is Quinn's story about taking six months off to build a solid brand for her business. She walks us through her journey of building this brand, why she spent so much time to hone in the specifics of her brand, and what she and the Zeta Labs team learned along the way. It's a highly informative show, especially if you have an interest in UX, UI, and branding. And with that, let's welcome Quinn to the show. Welcome Quinn to the podcast. How are you today? I'm doing
0: great. Thanks for having me, Chris.
1: And I hear you're calling in from beautiful Southern California.
0: Uh, Absolutely. I'm here. I'm going to be hitting up some conferences and it's a great, uh, you know, I actually thought it was going to be hot here, but it's cold.
1: Really? Really? (laughs) So you can't go surfing? (laughs)
0: I, you can. You just have to wear maybe a couple of wetsuits. Um, I was really looking forward to wearing some shorts again, but that's at last not going to happen.
1: <laughs> Very cool. Well, we want to jump into the show and get to know you as an entrepreneur and learn more about your background. Tell us about how you became the entrepreneur that you are today.
0: Um, so I guess it kind of starts when I was graduating college um, I was taken on a tour of an ad agency at that time I thought I wanted to be like this big creative director I even had the name of the agency I wanted to work out work for um, the name was Haro and they did yeah. like action sports brands but anyway this guy took me on this tour and he's like yeah this is a desk you're going to be sleeping under cause you're going to be the first one in the last one out you might as well just spend the night here that <laughs> guy you're going to be as you know bitch getting them coffee every morning so you can have your own bitch and um hey you have any hobbies uh yeah just forget about it for at least five years and I was like oh my god that sounds like prison wow um so I I left that and I was like you know what I'm not gonna uh, I didn't go to one job interview I didn't turn in any resumes and I said you know screw this I'm never gonna have a job and that's how I started my business that was like my inspiration <laughs>
1: <laughs> how long ago was that quinn
0: Um, that was, I graduated in 2002 or 2003, um, so quite a long time, so, um, I started out by just freelancing graphic design services, and it just evolved over time into an agency that I have today.
1: Do you have any entrepreneurial background before that, or were you just like, hey, I'm starting a business, I don't want to work for the man?
0: I mean, when I was like nine. (laughs) Yeah. I uh, went to the store and bought these candies for like ten cents, and I would go door to door and sell like candy and lemonade. Door
1: to door, Door to door saleswoman. Nice. <laughs>
0: Yeah, so, I mean, that's how I kind of started. I also sold rocks at one point. I would go find all the pretty rocks and then sell them to the other kids. Um, so, yeah, I just did little silly stuff like that. But, I, you know, I was put on the track of, you know, you get a job, you buy a house, you do all this stuff. And I just very quickly learned that that wasn't for me. So I went back to my door-to-door sales roots.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so how did you generate business in the first few years of your entrepreneurial journey?
0: Uh, so the first year actually, um, when Elance was still a thing, um, I signed up for a year on Elance and I got uh, a couple good clients from that. Actually one of, one, two of the clients that I got from there, I ended up working for them for about eight or nine years. Um, and they were really, really good clients. So that's how I kind of started out doing little small jobs like that. Um, eventually getting some corporate clients and accounts um, even craigslist like all Mm -hmm. these you know I mean everybody has to start somewhere and so I just got experience and um, work experience and just kind of built up from there and this one my one of my first clients stegan they were a management consulting company so I just learned a lot from them about leadership and building a team and um, what they call like conscious capitalism. They're really good into the integral kind of world where it's um, taking care of people, um, mm-hmm. taking care of your clients, taking care of, of everyone. And if you treat them well, then the business does well, and you can make a positive impact on the world. And that really um, set the foundation for for continuing to grow from there
1: what are some other things that you learned from the conscious capitalist mindset or teachings
0: really that you know I so I I was kind of the right-hand man to one of the 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 founders there a right-hand woman mm-hmm. um, for one of the founders and they took me I was kind of filming I did all kinds of stuff and I filmed the CEO where He was before he went to the program and then after they went through the program and he was like, you know, had no time for his kids. Um, Like the family life was a wreck, you know, the business was kind of, you know, chaotic and all this stuff. And by seeing him implement all these principles throughout the time and then seeing how he ended up at the end he was like you know now I have time for my kids and just seeing the difference that it made in his life personally like when your personal life is good your business life is good if one's in chaos then the other's in chaos and that made a really big impact um, on me to make sure that to keep uh, healthy relationships take care of people take care of yourself um, and and that it all end up giving you that time freedom that that freedom that we all kind of start this journey for
1: that makes sense when would you say quinn that you started your first full on business
0: i mean it would be when i when i right after college i mean okay. that was freelancing i mean i mean it's all entrepreneurship but i would say that i didn't really start taking it seriously until was kind of just freelancing here, making money, taking time off to go travel. Uh, Sometimes hiring other freelancers to help me out when I was too busy, but I never really saw it as a business. I just saw it as kind of me.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Um, And when I, after I came back from a backpacking trip in South America, I I realized I didn't want to come home. And I was like, okay, I can work and travel at the same time. I can do this. So I ended up firing all my clients at that time because they're like more like corporate clients and stuff like that. And then I started working with more entrepreneurs. Okay. Um, and that's when I started making it more of a real business instead of just freelancing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I worked with them and I ended up finding some really good people to work with. And we have a really good core team now. And then that's where I think the agency that I have today was really born. And I would say, what year was that? Maybe like 2010, I want to say. Okay. So was it seven years ago, yeah.
1: Okay, so if I'm a client of yours, what's the process that you take them through to help them grow their business?
0: So we just, so up until literally like six months ago, I never even had my own brand or website.
1: (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So I
0: always did stuff through like networking or referrals. So now it's a little bit different than what I did when I kind of started the whole um, agency thing. Mm -hmm. But now what we do is we bring clients through on a roadmap. So... It's basically the roadmap is like a paid proposal. And what this does is what we found is when we were doing larger projects where, uh, you know, we have to rebrand, we have to go and restructure the website, we have to, you know, organize all the stuff and create the funnels and the paths that people go through the website um, is that once you get into it things change you learn something new you discover something And then you realize that what you thought was going to happen before you started is not really going to happen And you're going in a different direction So and then you have to go back to the client and be like okay change order. We have to change this Here's the new price like all of this stuff, and it was just kind of really frustrating for both parties So now what we do is we bring people in on a roadmap where we do all that strategy and research and everything up front. And it gives us an opportunity to work together on a smaller project that's maybe like, you know, no more than a month before Mm -hmm. we jump into like a multi-month project. And so what that is, is it's basically, you know, a paid proposal. We go in. Um, we evaluate the business, we do some user testing, we understand what's working, what's not working and come up with a plan or strategy about how to, um, how to put all this together to get the end result that we're looking for. Um, they come in with a business goal, like, you know, I want to increase revenue, I want to fix my sales process, like whatever it is. And we come up with that solution and then we come up with a plan to execute it. Um... Then at the end of that roadmap, there's kind of some choices. You know, like here's you know package A that is just you know ABC. Here's package B that is you know yada yada yada, and package C. So they can kind of figure out which which um, path is going to be best for them based on um, their budget and timeline and how they're looking to build uh, build out their brand and website.
1: So I know you spent roughly or so the past six months off just to build this brand into a solid foundation so I'm curious kind of through that process Quinn what did you learn about brand building
0: it's a process (laughs) Yeah. yeah so what you um what you think it's gonna end up at is not really where you end up going so in the beginning we were working on you know okay let's come up with this cool slick like highly conceptual logo and we were like really like focusing on that too much Mm
1: -hmm. and
0: we realized like whoa 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 like who do we want to be what's our personality like what do we want to be in the world and when we stopped to think about that that's when the whole idea really shifted between this like oh let's be something cool you know um and that's when we we're like, okay, well, we, what we do is we mix art and science. So maybe like mad scientists. So we came with like this mad scientist idea. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we got there and we're like, well, why not like a superhero then? Um, and and then so we're like, oh, we built on the superhero, and then it kind of just the ideas kind of build up from there. But it starts with like, who are you? What is the personality of the company? What are some things that represent that? And when we when we went back to those roots, that w- that's when the idea really flourished from there.
1: Are you working through this with your team through the process?
0: yeah so um i have a guy peter he's in poland Mm -hmm. and he's the illustrator so he works with me to create sketches create ideas and we really brainstorm together Mm -hmm. and then i have a developer henry which is less involved in this kind of process but um is still involved so he um kind of brings everything to life so i go to him i'm like here's the logo here's the color here's the font and then he kind of takes that and creates it uh into the website with the with the y friends and stuff. So he kind of comes in later, but he also has a say in the beginning as well.
1: So I know when you're going through this brand building process that there's a lot of trial and error, like going back and forth and figuring out if this works, what's going to work, what's not going to work. And so I'm I'm curious to ask you When you found the right logo and found the right colors and found the right superheroes or characters, how did you know personally? Was it just an internal kind of aha, like, oh, this is it, this is what we've been looking for? Or was there some pullback from other people on the team? Or what did that look like for you guys?
0: Yeah, so when we were really brainstorming and trying to figure out the idea, we would do mind maps, which is basically like, Here's like the core idea. Here's some other things that have to do with it. And we would try to like connect all these ideas. And when we were in that stage, it was like, yeah, that's cool, but it's not quite right. And it is kind of like a gut feeling. And and you, you don't really know until you see it. So you have to continue to go through these like ideas. And, and it's when like you just can't take the first idea that comes to you or the second or the third or the fourth. Mm-hmm. It's really like continuing to push out all the crap inside of you. <laughs> And when you when you put all that out there, you'll find you and you're looking at it like on the wall or on your screen or whatever, and looking at all these ideas, there's usually like a couple that'll really stand out behind, you know, among all that kind of crap. Um, and you have to get out the crap to get to the good stuff. So when you do that, we had all these ideas in front of us and it was like, yes, that's the one, but it's not quite there yet. But that's the one we have to continue to work on. Like one of the initial ideas were like, okay, like we help businesses level up. So we were like rockets and you hmm. know, um, what else do we have? Rockets and like brains and like all this weird stuff, it's like, nah, you know, that's that's not quite right. And we went to the mad scientist mm-hmm. and then it was like, Okay, yeah, that's right, but not quite, and then that's how it kind of developed into the superhero concept, and originally the logo actually had a superhero in the logo, mm-hmm. and then we we're like, wait, you know, that's not, you know, yeah, we could have a character kind of like MailChimp, but I don't think that's quite right, but we're on the right path. And then once we got there, we're like, okay, let's take the superhero out. Let's make us a superhero group of characters. And then we created the Z lightning bolt logo pencil that we have today. So it's kind of, um, it's definitely a process and you know you're on the right track. And then when you get there, you know you're there. Uh, And then from there, it's just a process of kind of refining the, the tiny details.
1: How many hours do you think you spent, Quinn, on the brand building?
0: Um, for that probably a year.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay. Just
0: because it's uh it, it's your own thing. Like when you're, when you're building your own brand and working on it, it's really hard because you don't have the, the, the site, you know, you're way too close to it to really see. Whereas on client stuff, if I'm doing a client logo, I have a much more outside view and it's easier for me to see what they need to do or, um, where they need to go with it. And I can kind of direct them, um, and, and inform them to, to make, to make a good choice. Um, so that would take, you know, you know, 40, 60 hours, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but for our own brand, yeah, we spent way, a lot, way too much time.
1: <laughs> <laughs> now that you've been through the process, what would you do differently?
0: Um, I mean, honestly, I don't think I would have done anything differently in that process just because it brought us to where we are today. And we're really proud and happy about that. And it's not a great answer, but... Really, you kind of have to go through those struggles and those mistakes in order to get where you are. And Without that, you, you wouldn't have a great product or a great brand or, or whatever.
1: Was there ever any times when you're just like, uh, I'm done with this. I just want to pick this logo and pick <laughs> these, these images and, and, and move on and start making money?
0: yeah yeah because in the beginning we didn't take the time off you know so we were kind of doing it in the background so it was like on and off Mm -hmm. like we would take like a week here a week there to work on it or a couple days Um, so that was a little bit frustrating and we did it took us probably I want to say like four or five months or something before we like finally settled on the kind of whole superhero um, brand idea and yeah, it was just uh, it was a lot of back and forth. It was a lot of um, tr- trial and error, trying these um, trying these ideas out. And yeah, sometimes you're just going to be like, uh, like it's not right yet. Let's just go with this. Um, and we did, we did temporarily go with something else. And we're like, let's just go with this until we figure it out. Um, and yeah, that's what we did. And eventually, it turned into Zeta Labs. I mean, that wasn't even the name at that point. Like I think about a year, a year and a half ago.
1: Okay. Now that you have pretty much everything established, are there ever moments when you think back or or you think, oh, I want to just change this or add this or maybe we should have done this?
0: <laughs> oh, my God, yes. I think i have tried to run crazy. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so one of the struggles that we're going through right now is a little bit about the color choices. So we initially wanted to make sure that when you saw an illustration, you knew like that's Ada Labs. Like there's specific brands, like no matter where you see it, you know whose brand that belongs to. So that's something we wanted for ourselves. So we actually limited the color palette a little bit too much. And all superheroes have comic books. So we actually created a comic book to tell our story and all of our case studies become issues in the comic. So we're on issue two now and we created this whole plot and story. It's pretty crazy. Um, but when you look at the artwork, sometimes it's a little bit confusing to tell what's going on in the scene because we limited the color palette too much. Um, so now we have to go re back, go back and recolor all of that um, to, to fix this, fix this error because we didn't initially know that's where we were going to go with the brand. So yeah, sometimes there's a little bit of mistake and you have to go back and do a little bit of rework.
1: That makes sense. After going through this process now, Quinn, and seeing other businesses that maybe have not gone through such a, a brand building washing machine so to speak, (laughs) what are two or three recommendations or must do's that you would suggest for other people that want to create like a solid brand?
0: Um, well, the first thing is, you know, A lot of people think that, I mean, what we focus on is UX design, Mm -hmm. and it's not really about how something looks. That's UI or user interface design. User experience or UX design is the interaction someone has with your business from the moment they learn about you to their website interest point to the process of becoming a customer and beyond. And it's not all about the user needs. UX designers need to take into account the business needs as well. It's... It's no use having a product that people love if it doesn't help you achieve the business goals. And so the design needs to hit a sweet spot where the user needs and the business needs overlap. Um, you know, a significant chunk of revenue for most businesses flows through this online experience, a scenario where there's no face-to-face contact, no opportunity to persuade or build trust through traditional means. And so the website acts as an ambassador for you. So when it comes to online business, the strength of your customer relationship depends on the experience they have doing business with your ambassador, which means that if your website sucks, you suck. If the system is slow and responsive, so are you. If the app is confusing and frustrating, they're frustrated with you too. It's kind of a form of cognitive bias, which means that our brains assume because this one thing is good, the rest of the things will be good too. When someone arrives on the website, they're making all kinds of assumptions about you in less than a second. How good is it for me? Is it right for me? Do I trust them? And attractive people earn 12% more than the rest of us. A study done in, I think, 2012, if I remember correctly, on real estate brokers found that the more attractive the broker, the more money they made. So your brain assumes that because you know Chris is tall, dark, and handsome, it must mean he's also trustworthy and nice. So having a well-designed site and product means that you have an easier time convincing people to sign up, download, or trust you enough to become your customer. And it goes the other way as well. So you may have heard people describe a site as spammy or untrustworthy, and that's exactly what's happening with this um, cognitive bias. They're making a, an assumption based on the site's visual appearance. So um, that being said, you know, design doesn't make a product valuable. You could have a beautiful looking cake, you know, with all these, you know, deck to the nines, but if it's made of dog food, it may look like a cake, but it tastes like shit. <laughs> so, you know, design doesn't turn crap into gold. It doesn't really work like that. Um, so when when people kind of come to me and they're always like talking about, you know, how something looks, it's yes, that's important, but it's also about how it functions on the inside. You have to have a really good product first. Uh, so one of the things, the, actually, there's two things that I really talk about to help people with their websites. And there's a website called um, usertesting.com. And they have a free user test at peak.usertesting.com. So that's P-E-E-K.usertesting.com. And what you do is you watch people go through the website Um, and just by watching someone go through your website and answer questions, you can understand like, do they know what my website is about? What is their first impression on my website? Do they know where I want them to go? And you can see them. Sometimes they don't really know where to go. They're kind of like, uh, maybe over here. And then that kind of shows you that you have a problem. Um, that you're not directing them in that experience as well as you
1: should. Wow, that was great, Quinn. Okay, thanks for sharing. What else would you like to share with the listeners today?
0: Uh, So the other thing that I see people making a mistake with is they're trying to ask people to do too many things. Mm. So I have kind of a rule, one page, one goal. If you're asking too many things at once, then you end up overwhelming your main goal with a bunch of smaller goals, and I say to pick one. Uh, You see people cram a bunch of call to action CTAs on the page, you know, like, follow me on Twitter, uh like me on Facebook, sign up for my email list, share this article, buy this product, you know, all this kind of things, which are things that your business needs to acquire, but they should be placed in the right place on your website so that the right pages focus on the right goal. Mm-hmm. If you give too many people if you give people too many choices, then they choose nothing. You know, it's like when you go to a Chinese restaurant versus <laughs> a fancy restaurant. You go to a Chinese restaurant and you have this like 10 page menu with like 50 things on each page, and you sit there, you're like, man, I don't even know what I want to order, Mm -hmm. you know? (laughs) And you're like flipping through the page, and it takes like 30 minutes to figure it out, whereas if you go to like a fancy, nice restaurant, they'll give you like a one-page thing with like seven items, yeah. and within like, you know, two seconds, you can figure out what you want. The same works for your website, unless, you know, except that nobody's going to sit there for 30 minutes and figure out where to go. (laughs) They're just going to (laughs) leave.
1: Quinn, so what's the target with Zeta Labs here? One thing, one goal, and and can you take us through your design of your website and how the user is going to feel and then the objective for that user?
0: Yeah. So, I mean, with our new brand that we're working on, we're looking to help inform other entrepreneurs about design and and how it can help them. So right now, we're just kind of sending people to sign up for our email list and we've got some, you know, products like a UX audit or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, And... And kind of working on our custom experiences, making those pretty pretty exclusive. Um, so there's you know the ladder, the the ladder. So there's you know DIY, do it yourself, done with you and done for you. So that's kind of how we're looking to structure our website. So when you go on the site, um, we're we're getting people on our email list, and we've actually just kind of just launched this like. I don't know. I haven't even really announced it on social media, just kind of in-person events. But, um, yeah, just kind of go to sign up for the email list, and we have a, a three-part UX mini course, um, which is going to be coming out pretty soon. So,
1: Do you have any examples, Quinn, of any really bad websites that don't do the one thing, one goal?
0: Oh, my God. You want me to call people out? <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah, oh, <laughs> <yes>. sure. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Off the top of my head, um, like on the spot, I can't, uh, not really. Um, maybe I have-
1: maybe like a really big brand that doesn't do this very well that it's okay if we call out because <laughs> they have dirt on them anyway.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah, gosh. Um, Craigslist. Um, okay,
1: good. Good example. Yeah. You know,
0: Yeah, because there's just, uh, one, the design is really cluttered and there's just so much stuff kind of going everywhere. There's no clear um, goal there. Man, I'd have to think about that question, Chris. I ain't prepared for that.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's a great example. I mean, Craigslist looks like the classified ads in the old school newspapers, and they really haven't changed their look since the beginning, really, I don't think.
0: No, they don't care.
1: They don't care. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) what's another example of a really good website that has one thing one goal besides data labs of course
0: uh gosh um think off the top of my head who has that maybe charity water yeah actually I
1: i think uh i think you're right i've seen your website before
0: Yeah, Charity Water is a really good one. They focus on uh, the donation. Mm -hmm. Um, And on the homepage, you know, it is okay to um, have a couple multiple goals, but you should have a clear, what I call primary action and secondary action. Because sometimes you can't always stick to the one page one goal, but it's like, what you do is you make that the primary goal and other ones a little bit more insignificant or a lot more insignificant. So when you first go to the charity water page, it's like give clean water amount to donate. Then they're giving you a little bit of information about why donating is important. And they've got a very small, like kind of insignificant sign up for the email you know, see more of our impact and stuff like this. But the main call to action here is to donate, which is what they need.
1: And they shoot for $60 right off the top. Yeah. <laughs> they even tell you how much to do.
0: I think there's another one. Oh, I'm trying to think of it. Yeah. It's a charity. I'm kind of... Do It in Address, I think, is another one I remember.
1: Do It in Address?
0: Yeah. Uh, No, they didn't sign up, donate, learn more. So, no, I can't do that one. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Yeah, they changed their website since I last looked at it. So, yeah. So, here, here's an example of one, you know, the sign up, donate, and learn more. Whereas, learn more is in this red box. But they're asking you to sign up, donate, and learn more all at once. Mm -hmm. Where here, you would want them to focus on, you know, like, charity water donating, or um, learning more about their charity, which will inspire you to then donate or or sign up.
1: Okay. And what's your opinion on pop-ups to get emails?
0: Uh, one, they work. They convert. Mm-hmm. Um, so I know that they annoy users, uh, but I think there's a way to do it right and a way to do it wrong. So if I'm just landing to the website and you send me a pop-up, I'm going to be annoyed. Right. Because I don't know who you are, why I should care, or anything like that. But if you set the pop-up to, you know, arrive uh, after a certain time or something like that, then I think they can be more effective. But for this, it's also very site-specific, um some sites like the pop-ups work when you first land on the site even if they annoy some users and sometimes they work better if you wait until, you know, 90 seconds or 2 minutes after on their website to ask for ask for that email. So yeah. that's something that each individual website has to test and play around with and see what works best for them, but pop-ups do work.
1: Quinn, anything else you'd like to share before we wrap up the podcast?
0: No man, I think uh, I think we did a good job there.
1: I think we did a good job too. Actually, I think you did it. You did a great job. If the listeners want to reach out to you, where's the best place they could find you at?
0: Uh so that's zetalabs.com, z e d a labs.com. Um and I don't quite have the social media stuff kind of rolling yet. I mean, I have them. They're just zetalabs.
1: Okay. So. Cool. No problem. I want to give you a big thank you for coming onto the show and sharing your wisdom and your specialty with the listeners. I think we just created a great podcast about branding here and UX also. So thank you very much, Quinn. We really appreciate your time and thanks for coming on the show.
0: Thanks for having me. It's been a pleasure.
1: And listeners, thank you for joining us and we'll wrap up there and see you guys on the next episode. Goodbye, everybody.
0: Peace.
1: The Entrepreneur House is a business accelerator for six- and seven-figure entrepreneurs. Imagine spending an extended period of time with other successful entrepreneurs working together and growing your business. Day-to-day, you interact with other driven and smart business people. Spending an extended period of time around them alters your business and your mentality around business. Goals are set. Business grows. New partnerships develop. Greater profit margins are achieved. The productivity skyrockets for attendees, and you get to have an incredible venture while doing it. This year, our main event will be held in Chiang Mai, Thailand. It is four weeks from October 26th to November 24th and held for six and seven figure entrepreneurs only. It will be full of workshops, masterminds, advisors, co-working, and fun weekend social events. Be sure to check out the details at theentrepreneurhouse.com as soon as possible. This event will fill up fast. For those of you that are interested and have some questions, be sure to contact us through theentrepreneurhouse.com for contact. We will respond as soon as possible. For now, saludos from somewhere in the world.